and we're back with episode number 30. may not seem like a lot, especially when you think about the fact that I started in April, but a lot happened since then, and a lot of challenges in getting the show out for folks that have been listening and who are paying close attention, they will realize that there has not been a new episode since late December. So, a lot of things going on, a lot of uh, new ventures for me, I've got my hands in a lot of proverbial cookie jars and I think it's all good and you just live and you learn and so I think with this episode I wanted to do a recap I'd I'd always wanted to do a recap it's my first opportunity to reflect on the year that was 2014 and I don't always think it needs to be at the end of the year I know almost everyone is cramming to get them in and do their reflection. There's something about the date of December 31st where everyone feels like they've got to wipe the slate clean and get to the gym and start their New Year's resolutions early in January. I'm friends with Mike Vardy of Productivityist, and interestingly enough, he actually starts his his calendar or his year in February. And he uses January as uh, a time for reflection. And I was listening to one of his recent shows where he talked about it, and I I thought it was an interesting concept. And it's not, I'm not going to say that that's specifically what I had planned. And my my master plan was to delay the, the recording of the next podcast until January. Um, no. That wasn't the case. It was just a matter of a lot of things on my plate, a lot of traveling. We got to visit family in New Orleans and took a well-earned um, and much-needed restful um, vacation in Hawaii. So that was nice with my wife. And came back reinvigorated. And I and something that uh, my, my wife, Natalie, pointed out during the the vacation in Hawaii because a lot of times I think well you know you start thinking about the 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 cost for this the cost for that the flights and uh, luckily we saved friends so that wasn't a big deal but it just it, human nature um, especially in a place like Hawaii where everything is really expensive you start thinking about these things and something that she said and um, because it's in line with what we did last year we went to a yoga retreat in Costa Rica. So this year we did the the Hawaii trip, which we had been planning for a while, and we had some friends, like I said. And she said that it's important to start the year from a place of abundance. And I'm a big proponent. So you may have heard me mention it during the course of the the first season, if you will, of Podcast Junkies. Uh, you've heard me talk about uh, what uh, a strong connection I have to the spirit or universe, whatever uh, you'd like to call it, God, if you will, and things happening for a reason, and putting out some strong intentions for the things that you want, surrounding yourself with like-minded folks, and operating from a position of abundance. And I think that comment that she made was really important, and it just hit home, and it it was like, yeah, yeah, of course, that's exactly how you want to start a year off, because you want to show and demonstrate to the universe that this is natural for you. This is a place where you belong, and this is something that naturally occurs to you, not a one-off thing that's that's something you do like every 10 years or every five years. So I really like that. It really resonated, and I think it's really the way uh, I want... 2015 to play out and the way things are going it is because as kick-ass as 2014 was it was obviously the start of this show it put a lot of wheels into motion and a lot of things are going to be happening as a result of of the podcast and i'm extremely happy that i've gotten to meet so many interesting interesting people and had a lot of 
great conversations, great live meetings with people. And it, it's all just been a whirlwind. And uh, I'll touch on a lot of those those things uh, within the, the context of today's show. So uh, I really wanted to just reflect and sometimes things happen so fast that you can't really put into perspective um, all the fantastic people you meet and, and the impact they've had on you. And to start things off, um, I'm, and I'm, I may have covered this at, at points throughout the course of the show, but it, it all started with my trip to NMX. And that was in, that was in January. So it's, it's really a, a full year ago when I thought I was going to be there for one thing to look for um, marketing tools I could use to promote my DJ app, Know Your DJ. And it turned into just something completely different. I was just taken in completely by the energy of the folks in there. And, you know, they say when you go to a conference, that's on a topic that you're super passionate about. You get there and you realize, wow, this is my people. These are my, This is my tribe. And that's exactly what happened because it, you just start having conversations in the hallways with people. You start attending sessions that really, really resonate with you. And a lot of it is brand new at the time. And I was just taking it all in and just trying to meet as many people as possible, which I think is a really key takeaway for conferences in, in general. So one of the conferences that in reality and in, and, and in retrospect actually uh, kicked off the whole, the, the guests was uh, the Fizzle Show. The, pod, the session was called How the Podcast Sausage is Made. Of course, looking back at it and thinking about the fact that it was uh, Chase Reeves, who was uh, part of the, the, the panel, talking about the, the production process, it just makes sense that it would have a title like that. So I go and I actually strategically sat next to that microphone they put out on the floor when they want people to ask questions after the session. So I was ready. I, I actually did not know what question I was going to ask, and I just knew that I'd it was one of those things where I put myself in a position of discomfort and fear, I guess, if you will. It's very mild fear, it's fear speaking in public. But uh, I did that. And then as soon as the question and answer session came up, I asked something about um, marketing or uh, building out a website related to my app. So... I had had cards made that uh, were from this company called Moo.com, and it's a, it's a picture of a cassette tape. And it's just notable because I, every time I handed one out, people were like, oh, wow, old school cassette tapes. You don't see a lot of those. And I guess that's what resonated with, or that's what stuck with Chase, because after the conference, he emailed me, hey, good luck with your app. Um, and I imagine he was going through his cards, but I jumped on the opportunity. And I said, hey, Chase, I'm doing a podcast about podcasters and I would be truly honored if you'd be my first guest and he said yeah sure just give me a couple of weeks and uh, we'll get that scheduled so a couple of weeks is perfect for me because as a matter of fact I did not have a podcast and there was nothing for him to show up to or actually nothing to publish because uh, I wasn't on iTunes and, and, and needless to say I had a lot of work to do so I set I set about to do to do all the things that I needed. I joined Podcasters Paradise, and um, I just started realizing what a lot of work um, I had to do to to get this thing off the ground. Which is fine. Uh, I, I had some people in mind that I was going to speak to. My second guests were Dan Norris and Alex McClafferty of WP Curve. And I'm, uh, I was a member at the time of a, a group called Dynamite Circle. Fantastic um, entrepreneurs, more focused um, on what they call uh, lifestyle, nomadic lifestyle, or location, sorry, location independent. Yeah, I had to think about that for a second. So location independent, and a lot of these um, folks live in Thailand and in the Philippines and Brazil. It's really fantastic. I, I learned a lot from them, and actually... Some other guests came out of that uh, group that I was in. But it was really Dan Norris, uh, his story. He's been doing startups for seven, eight years, I think. And for those of you who are not familiar with the WP Curve, 
they have a monthly subscription and they'll maintain your WordPress site, unlimited number of service calls. What's funny is if you look into the story of WP Curve and Dan Norris, he was literally like down to his last $100 when he came up with the idea. And he's had no shortage of ideas in the past and he's had a lot of products that he thought would take off and they didn't. So it's great to see how WP Curve has grown and um, you can look into the, the, the details on on his blog. But long story short, they're basically kicking ass. I think he's got like 25 or 30 employees now. He partnered up with Alex, who actually lives in San Francisco and they had never met before, which is interesting. Um, I think they only met, I, I was reading his blog, they only met in person actually towards the end of last year, which is fascinating. So great story and uh, they're going gangbusters now and I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to see how that's turned out. When I joined Podcasters Paradise, I was also introduced to Jeff Brown and he's the host of the Read to Lead podcast. He's been broadcasting for 26 years and the minute you hear him speak, you understand why he's got a fantastic voice. So he had a podcaster academy that I joined to help me on the broadcasting side and actually the interviewing. So not so much the technical, but uh, more of the the polish and the presentation. And and that was really, really uh, good use of my time. And I asked him to be on the show. He agreed. And then um, my fourth guest was Cynthia Cynthia Sanchez from Oh So Pinteresting. And I I think I was looking into how to leverage Pinterest because at the time, you know, there's the idea that you need to be everywhere and I was trying to figure Pinterest out and I saw that she had posted something about podcasting. So I made a comment on it and she responded and I think there were a couple of back and forths when I just out and asked her to be on the show. Thankfully, she said yes and that turned out to be a really fun interview. She's so charming, um, so personable and uh, we've actually gotten uh, to, to meet in person a couple of times at the podcast movement and at Agents of Change in Maine and uh, we're actually friends now so it's, it's really nice. Uh, Greg Hickman, number five, Mobile Mixed. He, he, I did some coaching with Greg, and he was, I think, monitoring a forum for John Lee Dumas and Podcasters Paradise. And I went on, I said I was a fan of his uh, podcast, and he agreed to be on as well. So Greg's another person that uh, I ended up having an interaction with in person a couple of times. I actually DJ'd uh, a, a mini opening set, a couple of songs, uh, really, but it was for his talk at uh, Podcast Movement. So we had some fun with that. And we've uh, gotten to meet as well in person a couple of times. And a uh, really, really nice guy. And then John Lee Dumas uh, agreed to be on for episode number six. For those of you familiar with John's approach, he batches his interviews for his own show and interviews of shows that he's going to be on for certain days. And most of the time he lets about half an hour. So in the beginning, if you listen, there's more of a structure around how I did the first five episodes and a lot of uh, Q&A and um, a bit more formal. Uh, I guess for someone that's starting a podcast, it makes sense that you need to have some structure because if you don't know what you're doing, the structure helps keep things on track. But since the time was so short with John, John Lee Dumas, had to throw those those questions out the window. I had a couple in mind, but I basically free you know uh, free formed it um, through for the for the the duration of that episode, and it went really well. And I you know I think it was a turning point when I realized early on that I'm more of a conversationalist than a strict Q and A interviewer. And thankfully, my Next interview was with Elsie Escobar, and, and she's the host of a couple of shows now. She's a She was originally the host of a yoga podcast, which is now just archived. She no longer records shows for that. She was a yoga teacher. And then she's the community manager for Libsyn, and she's been doing that for a while, I think almost a year. And then she recently started She Podcasts with Jessica Kupferman, who I actually hope to have on the show um, early this year. But... What's fantastic is that I reached out to Elsie because um, I had heard her on several podcasts and I really just loved her personality. And it's the type of voice that you can tell that the person is smiling when they're the on, on the other side of the microphone. And that was the case with Elsie because 
her enthusiasm for podcasting is incredibly contagious. And then I found out that she's Salvadorian, or she's she was born Salvadorian, but she's raised here, which is my case as well. I was born in El Salvador, for those of you who don't know. And I immediately reached out, and she responded back. She was excited to meet another Salvi, as she likes to call me. And when we finally spoke, we had a really, really in-depth conversation. And she was one of the first, uh, what I like to call podcasting veterans, that uh, first of many that I was going to be able to speak to. And uh, she just, I think I caught her at an interesting time because she was just uh, very opinionated. She spoke her mind. And I think as a result of it, this show was just fantastic and very real. She had so much fun on it, and she was so relaxed. There was even parts where her 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 daughter was coming in and out of the room where she was recording, and you could tell that she was wondering about um, how to handle it, and she felt bad. Um, and, and what I actually told her is like, don't worry about it. I mean, real life takes precedence over any silly interview. And uh, what I ended up doing in the final edit was actually leaving part of that in, and uh, it, I didn't plan it this way, but the episode actually came out, I think, the day before or on Mother's Day, and she sent me a note afterwards that she was really just really happy to hear it, and she actually heard her daughter in it, which was a nice little touch. And um, I, I think it was is just a, a confirmation uh, that the conversational style is really where I wanted to um, take the show or, or stay in terms of um, the realm or the nature of how the conversation, how the interviews were going to be going. I then uh, had a Facebook chat back and forth with Chris Arone. We were in the same uh, podcasting group and he had heard one of my early episodes and he really liked it. So he, I think that gave him a feel for how the show was going to be. And when I asked him to be on, he graciously agreed we had fun. We had a lot of fun, and it shows in the length of that episode. It was an, an hour and a half. It was crazy. It was definitely my longest one to date, and I still think it's the longest one we've we've ever I've ever recorded. Uh, but it's just one of those conversations that just keeps going on and on, and probably seems like it's a bit rambling at times. But we definitely brought it home towards the end, and he provided a lot of value. And Chris is kicking ass. He's uh, added. Uh, about 50 episodes in, he added Lacey Ursioli, who I, I've met and uh, adore. She's awesome. And now they're co-hosting together the Cerrone Show. And uh, it's just fantastic. They've had some amazing guests come on, and that's going gang- gangbusters. I'd actually like to have both of them back on uh, soon, and I think that's going to happen, and that'll be just a fun conversation to catch up with them. So I mentioned Dynamite Circle. Another person I spoke to from that group is Eric Paquette. He's one half of the Abroaders World uh, podcast, which sounds kind of strange, um, and it probably needs some explanation. What what he, he and his partner do is uh, they have a podcast and a website and a business that's all about uh, travel hacking. So it, the, talk about geeking out on a niche. These guys are the experts when it comes to figuring out how to leverage credit card miles um, and the programs and the timing and the signing up and the bonuses. And then that's one half of the equation. The other half is actually redeeming the miles and knowing the intricacies, the ins and outs of all these flight classes. I don't know if you guys have ever looked in detail at at these flights when you book them online, um, but there's some websites that will actually show you like what class of flight you're flying. And a lot of times it's just like a letter, like an F, A, C, whatever, B, uh, attached to the flight, but those things, those letters mean something, and uh, it's it's not as simple as refundable, non-refundable. But there's some other whole bunch of idiosyncrasies that go into this thing, and and these guys basically they know their shit, and um, that's what they talk about, and it's fantastic. And I, I was a fan; I was listening to it. It's typically the case. I'm I'm a fan of the show, and so I listen, um, and that was uh, a lot of fun. I actually sp- skipped over uh, eight. Uh, Chris Rome was nine. So uh, between Elsie and Chris, I interviewed James Schramko. And James Schramko, that was actually an interesting uh, conversation because James is a master, master uh, online marketer. He's got a seven-figure business that he runs out of Australia. Um, just getting that scheduled was a, a challenge. Uh, for those of you that heard it, 
you may have caught the fact that my voice was a little bit low because for me, I think, if I remember correctly, it was either one thirty or 2 o'clock in the morning and it was the only time I could get to work to, in terms of scheduling James and I together. But James is another another um, another internet mark, marketing business owner who is really, really uh, free speaking. He's... he's has an opinion on on a lot of things, uh, internet business related. He's been doing it for years. He's learned from some of the best um, internet marketers out there, the Jay Abrahams of the world, and he's just tried a lot of things and he's seen what's working, what what hasn't. And uh, that was a, a, another really in depth uh, conversation on the the ins and outs of of, of internet business and his take on what, what's been happening so far with podcasting, the importance of it, um, and all sorts of good stuff like that. And I really like that conversation, and I really got good feedback from it. So jumping back after uh, Chris and Eric, I spoke to Daniel J. Lewis. Now that goes back into the veteran podcasters. Daniel's the host of Audacity Podcast. He's the founder of the Noodle Mix Network. And just another guy that is it's really ugh, man i i i don't want to overuse hustling but um he's just been doing this for such a long time he takes pride in what he does he started out podcasting about um tv shows that he's a fan of and he's the type of guy that just tries a lot of different things when it comes to um podcasting and when it comes to monetization he's he's been very good about um trying new products he's tried stuff that's failed and more recently he's doing something around uh, he's got a product around podcast reviews which is going really well for him so um, a really sincere really down-to-earth uh, guy and it's always fascinating to get to get a take um, on folks um, who've been doing it as long as uh, someone like daniel has 13 was jesse lawler of smart drug smarts I'm into nootropics, which is like brain supplements, and Jesse was um, another member of the Dynamite Circle. We had that inter- interview scheduled, and it was funny. I felt like <laughs> it's one of the first times that I felt like I really had to have my A game on. Um, and in, in retrospect, it was I was needlessly worrying because we've had subsequent conversations with Jesse, and he's just a really, really nice guy. He's just a fan of uh, nootropics and uh, brain health, and um, he has his own app development company, but he really wanted to get into podcasting, and, and he picked the topic where he figured um, by virtue of the guests that he had on, he would... Uh, engage with them and just ask them normal questions out of curiosity for a topic that he was really interested in, which is a fantastic um, model to follow because at the end of the day, we don't know everything, but we know that we're passionate about certain topics and why not use the podcast as a, as a forum for getting those folks that you admire and would love to talk to onto the show. And it's definitely something that I do. Um, and it's worked well for Smart Drug Smarts. Um, I spoke to Tyson, who I had heard on Chris Arone's show, Tyson Webb. Uh, he's the host of the Go For It show. <laughs> and Tyson, he's just got one of those voices that uh, you can you know right away that he's been in radio his whole life. And actually, he tells an interesting story of um, his burning desire to be on the radio, how he got the job, and the fact that he's been doing it pretty much his whole life. Um, he's super geeked out Star Wars fan which uh, he has no problem denying. And uh, as, as he showed me towards the end of our interview, we were doing it via Skype, and he, he showed me all his uh, Star Wars uh, memorabilia. And uh, he's it's really just a high-energy guy, and uh, um, I, I really enjoyed talking to him. It's a lot of fun. So uh, when I was looking into other podcasters that I follow, one of them was Srinivas Rao, and I had subscribed to his email to get updates on his podcasts. It turns out that he was going to have a live podcast in L.A., and the podcast was an interview with Justine Musk, who happens to be Elon Musk's ex-wife. So that was interesting in and of itself, and it was in Santa Monica. So I said, wow, live podcast. I I love his uh, recorded podcast, so this should be interesting. I went down, checked it out. They had a fantastic conversation. He wasn't even recording it, which which is interesting. Um, it was truly just live, and you were there, you heard it, and if not, you didn't. <laughs> so afterwards, he had a little uh, get-together at a at a wine bar next door, and 
had some small talk and I told him I really, how much I really enjoyed his show and uh, the interview and I asked him to be on and he graciously agreed. And um, I think he's a fantastic interviewer. If you haven't heard his show, I highly recommend it. Um, and The Unmistakable Creative. He's also doing a conference called The uh, Instigator Experience. Yeah. And so he's always trying new things. He's, um, and I, I'm uh, just coming back to his interview style. I, I really learned a lot from listening to him. And uh, I was really happy to get to talk to him about uh, all things uh, podcast related and also his take on um, life. He's had some interesting experiences in growing a business. Um, and, and he's really just a, a sincere, down to earth guy. So after that, it all came full circle because I interviewed Chris Murphy. And Chris Murphy, for those that remember the story, was the guy who introduced Cliff Ravenscraft at New Media Expo uh, for the session I was attending. I was watching Cliff. But I, what I what struck my ear uh, was when Chris Murphy indicated that he's he was a podcast junkie or a fan of podcasts. Or I don't remember the specifics, and we talk about it during the show where the term came from. But it was there that I got the idea, and I, 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 I sent a tweet out. Does anyone know who that guy is who interviewed uh, Cliff? And actually, Cliff responded, oh, it's Chris Murphy. I sent the tweet out to Chris, and we actually met in the hallway, and um, we had a, a talk about it, introduced myself, and... He said, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I thought at that, at that time I thought we could maybe co-host it, but I think there was just a lot on both of our plates. Um, but the, I knew that the minute I got back, um, it was just something that I needed to pursue. And I was v- very happy to finally uh, get him on. You don't know how long we were trying to schedule that podcast. But it was, um, if, you, if, you really, if you listen to that episode, it, it is a true podcast junkie episode and we geek out on everything podcast related um a deep dive a deep geek out <laughs> technology and uh other podcasters and uh a lot of fun um as i knew it would, would be when i when i first met chris and uh, i had subsequent uh, conversations with him so 17 found me with my first solo episode i was actually in london for some work-related stuff, and I happened to have a, a new uh, lavalier mic, and um, I recorded some of it in the hotel room and some of it after some of it um, out in the streets. It's just something that I wanted to try, uh, like this episode, right? It's second solo, only only the second solo episode I've ever done. Um, but that first one was an American podcaster in London. I think the coolest thing was going to a bar. And I happened to have the lavalier mic on. I plugged it in. I asked the manager of the bar, who was uh, a female with an Irish accent, to record my intro. And if you listen back, episode 17, you can hear, uh, I think, sounds of the, the tube and sounds uh, of her recording the intro live from the East End, which I, I still get a kick out of. So uh, 18 was Dave Jackson. Dave is so funny. Dave... <laughs> I sometimes you hear people on a show on their own show and he's he's the host of the school of podcasting. I almost sang it like he does but uh, I'm sure you don't want to hear that. Um 400 plus episodes again 2006 or 7 and yeah, he's just a, a super veteran but he just never loses his enthusiasm for podcasting which is so crazy and when I, I knew that when we spoke, we would have a, a lot of fun. Um, very enthusiastic, like I said, um, very contagious and very genuine. And he was recently selected as the podcast director for New Media Expo. When I heard that, I was so happy because I, I couldn't think of anyone more deserving. He took over the reins from Cliff Ravenscraft. And I, I just know, knowing Dave, his dedication to podcasting, his um his commitment to quality and his just love for for the 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 medium um he's going to do just a fantastic job and i i'm i'm going to new media expo i'm really excited to see what he's going to be doing and uh uh how he's going to be organizing it and all good things like that so i followed that with a couple of interviews that actually came out of podcast movement so that was i think we were there in the summer, I think it was now June, when we were in Dallas, and I met Vernon Foster, who was 
19. And Vernon is the host of Event Supremacy. Vernon is funny. All you have to do is listen to his intro of his podcast, Event Supremacy. Uh, free-spirited and uh, just loves to have a good time. Doesn't take himself too seriously. We didn't take ourselves too ser- seriously during that show. Um, I'm actually going to be on his show on Event Supremacy as a result of the conference I'm putting together. I think that's going to happen in the, um, probably a couple of weeks from the time you're listening, you hear this episode. So I'm really excited about that and always look forward to a conversation with my man, Vernon Foster. Uh, I met Brandy Shea and her, hu- and her husband um, at Podcast Movement and they run Quality Thrives. Quality Thrives, what they're actually doing is uh, a road trip across the whole United States and interviewing the unsung entrepreneurs, not the folks who have made it, who have been super successful, making hundreds of thousands of dollars, but the folks who are just getting started. And you don't know if they're going to make it, but they have a passion and a drive for what they want to do. And um, she's they're going around the country and interviewing them. And, and I think that's fantastic. And I think I, I jumped in to a, a chat with her as her Indiegogo campaign was sort of wrapping up. And I wanted to give her uh, campaign a shout out. I wanted to highlight her story. And I think um, I was able to, to just drive a little bit of traffic to her and, and help them raise a, a little bit more money for their, um, for their trip, and I, which I think is going to take them across the United States over the course of two to three years. So I think they're, they're actually in New York as this recording goes live. So hopefully I can meet up with them when uh, next time I'm, I'm in New York. It'd be, it'd be fun to catch up and see how the, the, um, the campaign is progressing. Um, 21 was Jordan Agoli. When he started his podcast, Teenage Entrepreneur, he was 19. He's now 20, but I don't think he's going to change the name of, of his podcast. It, it's not so much that he, he has teenagers on. It's that he interviews successful entrepreneurs or um, business leaders and he uses that as an inspiration to his audience who are teenagers which I think is an interesting model Uh, another guy that's literally kicking ass because he and figuratively but literally because he's like he had just completed his black belt in karate and he had his own business when he was 14 I mean talk about hustle definitely um, don't want to be reminded of what I was doing when I was 19 years old and it's i certainly didn't have a top itunes podcast at that age i don't know that people were podcasting back then anyway but uh he's super enthusiastic really a fun guy and i'm happy to have him as a friend uh steve stewart was uh of money plan sos was the podcast movement himself um and when i first met steve uh I met him in the hallways, as most of the, the meetings go in in a podcast movement. And I was like, oh, you know, he's got a he's got a blog, he's got a podcast about money. It's like, okay, well, you know, he's he, he approached me, and he's he definitely has uh, enthusiasm enthusiasm when he meets uh, new people. So we scheduled the interview. He gets on, and then I quickly realized he used to be a DJ. So I get really happy. We start geeking out on vinyl on 12 inches, uh, that's the vinyl single track uh, format, and he starts going through some of the the actual records that are on his wall. I tell him about mine. We talk about previous gigs DJing. It's so funny because we only talked about podcasting towards the the latter half of it, Uh, and it just goes to show you that you never know where the conversations are going to go, and you just follow the path that most interests you, and sometimes you get uh, pleasantly surprised like I was. Uh, interviewed Kim Trumbo of Generosity Philosophy and OK to Be LGBT uh, podcast. She's got not one but two podcasts. She's so funny. <laughs> we we after our interview, we recorded a birthday greeting, or no, I think we recorded a congratulatory video for Chris Arone. I think he was completing a hundred episodes, and we sort of wrap uh, we're wrapping on it. She's, uh, I think she's a. a, a a, a diehard fan of rap and uh i think in the previous life was probably a rapper but um another uh infectious uh personality she actually came up to me at podcast movement and she said i love the sound of your voice it's so soothing which was the first time someone had actually come to me in person um and mentioned something about the podcast which i thought was funny so much love for kim trumbo and then through uh 
uh, someone in the Fizzle community, um, JJ, um, uh, Joshua Jordanson, he introduced me, or he made the introduction to John Corcoran. And John turned out to be just really interesting for a whole bunch of reasons. First off, he's what I call a master networker. Uh, He used to work in the Clinton White House as a speechwriter. And he he's a lawyer, and he's mastered the art of networking, um, quite simply. After our sh- our show, he made introductions to Jordan Harbinger and uh, a couple of other folks uh, uh, as potential guests and also um, as potential leads for speakers for the conference I had just mentioned to him I was starting. So we've made, we've stayed in touch. Um, I met him in LA when he was in town and, and I think I'm going to head up to San Francisco, uh, early this year, uh, to, to just meet up with again. So we continue to, to stay in touch and, uh, he's just really taught me a lot about how, uh, important your network is and how you should, it's something that you continue to nourish and grow. It's not something that stops it's not something you do occasionally. It's literally something that you do on a on a regular basis. You sort of have to nurture it, your your network and your relationships, because you can't only reach out to people when it's convenient for you. Like you see a lot of people do when the minute they lose their job, their LinkedIn profile gets updated, and then you see the email blast that goes out and says, "Hey guys, uh, I know we haven't spoken in three years, but um, I just lost my job, and uh, can you help me find one?" So. It's funny that he, he, I think he actually talked about that in the show and it's how most people treat relationships. So uh, from that interview forward, I've looked at relationships in a whole new light and it's really changed um, my experience with people and with other connectors just in that short time because uh, it's the type of uh, gift that keeps on giving. And uh, John has a really fantastic uh, newsletter that continues to talk about the benefits of it and how he does it. And um, he's got some products that help you dive deep into best practices for networking successfully, which I highly recommend you check out. So uh, 25 was Nicole Welsh of Rap With Nick. And she's uh, she's got a master's in psychology. She, she um, well, sorry, Rap With Nick is her Twitter handle. Her podcast is Real Men Real Talk, where she, for the most part, interviews men um, and she does a fantastic job. We were together in the um, Jeff Brown's Mastermind um, Podcaster Academy, and then we met uh, at a breakfast. And just another one of those people where she's super genuine. Um, we had a fantastic and really funny conversation. She's had a very interesting life, traveled to South America. She's mentored um uh, gang members, pre- uh, prior people who, who had been in gangs previously, um, and just she's had a, a really interesting experience with men, and I think that's what led her to have that podcast where she focuses specifically on real men. So um, I think at some point I'm supposed to be on her show as well, and we just have to get that scheduled. So uh, Nicole, if you're listening, then uh, let's do this. Uh, back to the veterans, 26, Ray Ortega. Uh, Ray is uh, it's just another another pod- veteran podcaster that I look up to. He's got not only uh, the podcaster studio, the studio, but he's got the podcaster's roundtable where he brings in fellow podcasters to talk on a topic. Um, free, sort of like uh, ad hoc conversations, nothing too structured or formal which lends itself to a roundtable format. What's funny is that the day after our interview, I think he he had um, some guests that couldn't make it for the, the, the roundtable that was going to be on the next day. And I was traveling, so unfortunately, um, to my detriment, the, my sound isn't that, that, that good, um, which is kind of embarrassing for me because I get my first shot at the podcaster's roundtable and I don't have my microphone with me. So I learned my lesson, but... Uh, regardless, I got to be on. Daniel J. Lewis was on. He's typically um, always one of the co-hosts along with Dave Jackson. Dave, unfortunately, wasn't on that episode, but uh, a couple of other folks were. And it was my first Podcasters Roundtable, which is awesome because it came out. It, it, it came about as a result of me interviewing Ray. So um, I continue to follow Ray. He, he totally deep dives into all 
technology uh, podcast related stuff. I think you did a whole two hour show just on compression for audio in your podcast. And if that isn't geeking out, I don't know what is. But thankfully, I was able to listen to the whole episode because I listen at 2x speed. So 27 was Elon and Guy Ferdman. I had heard Elon on Ari Mizell's Less Doing podcast. I'm a fan of that because I'm a productivity nerd. And I think he stood out because he's super genuine. Um, just speaks his mind. He's dropping F-bombs. Um, and just really passionate. I think that's what that, that's what uh, caught my ear, the, the fact that he was so passionate about his topic. They started out as Facebook marketers. And now they they do business coaching um from both a technical you know learn learn the aspects of marketing perspective but also from a mindset perspective and i knew the minute that i heard him i wanted him on my show and i reached out on we exchanged comments on twitter which turned into back and forth on email which turned into a couple of attempts at scheduling and then i was able to get guy and elon on the show um, which is, I think, the only second time I've had two guests on at the same time. And let me tell you, man, that was just one of the most fun interviews I had ever done because I, I really feel like, for some strange reason, we were all on the exact same wavelength. And when I say the stars were aligned, <laughs> they were definitely aligned. Uh, we talked for, I think, over an hour, uh, maybe. And... Um, We've kept in touch afterwards, and uh, we just uh, have had a couple of follow-up conversations. And I, I think we're, uh, what he they ended up doing is their podcast is called Satori Prime. He asked if he could replay the episode on their show, which I said, yeah, of course. And you know, the the more um, sharing, publicity, et cetera, the better. And they broke it up into actually a three-part podcast. What ended up happening is that it ended up being one of the most popular episodes on their show. And so it drove a lot of traffic to my show. They got a ton of feedback. I think Elon was even saying that uh, his parents were saying that uh, they heard things from them that they hadn't heard in previous podcasts. And so just a lot of compliments uh, all around. um, And I was really honored uh, to be able to take part in that and for it to have such an effect uh, on Guy and Elon and, and, and their audience, which um, was really fantastic stuff. Uh, 28 was Jason Stapleton. Jason Jason and I met at Podcast Movement. What's interesting about the Jason interview is his topic for his show, the Jason Stapleton program, leans more towards uh, political topics. He's a free market guy, uh, conservative, um, for the most part different in all aspects than than what I am and what my views are. But I think I really, uh, what I liked about that interview was the fact that I gave him a forum to just talk through his ideas. Um, and we talked about how important it is to, to disagree without being disagreeable. And, um, you know, he, he talked about, uh, the, the things that he's really passionate, passionate about. He talked about how he really wants to grow his show into something that's world-class um, he talks about the investment he made uh, into his studios, and I'll, I'll let you listen to that episode um, so you can find out how much it was. And let me tell you, it's more than I've ever heard anybody ever spend on a studio. But he's he's he had the the money to invest in it. He's um, a, he was a currency trader, I believe, and so he's he's been successful in his career, and he wants to take this podcasting into a new direction for him. He's got a co-host. He's got a whole bunch of flat screen monitors. He's streaming. He's got commercials. Super, super pro setup and uh, very inspiring with what he's with what he's doing and where he wants to take it. So rounding out the year was, uh, I, I think, just ended on a really high note. I got to interview Ari Mizell, and he was really one of those guests that when I first started podcasting. I was just a fan of the show, and I never even thought that I'd be able to interview him. But I, I joined a, a small group that he was starting up, uh, a boot camp for his less doing program, and I got I got to engage with him a little bit. and And then at one point, I just asked him, and he, you know, he just 
graciously agreed. And I think in, in retrospect, you find that a lot of these guests, you know, you think you're afraid to ask them because they'll say no, but um, they're really accommodating. They're really giving. And I think they really understand the the nature of this podcast community, how small it is and how we all help each other out. So I got to dig dig deep on a couple of productivity um type questions and we nerded out on productivity uh, and covered some other topics as well. But I was really honored that he was on my show and uh, really happy with how that interview went. So I meant to do some other shows towards the end. I had some other guests lined up. They, uh, you know, for Murphy's Law, uh, things didn't work out. We, we We had to get them rescheduled. A lot of them have been moved to the beginning of this year. And so those will happen, just not when I thought they'd happen, but that's fine. Um, Say la vie. So I think it was a fantastic year. I mean, could it, could it have been better? Could I have been more um, more rigorous in terms of my schedule? Yes. Could I have put solo episodes out? Yes. I think there's a bunch of things I could have changed and, uh, you know, probably things I thought would happen that didn't, but I can't really beat myself up um, too much about it. Um, I'm raring to go this year, and I think the commitment to you folks is that I, I really want to be consistent and get uh, on a weekly schedule for a whole bunch of reasons. I think for the discipline it enforces, uh, so people come to expect shows at a given point in time, and they can sort of look forward to the next episode and the next guest. And I think what I can do is, if I'm not going to have a guest or if I feel like the show is not going to be ready because it's just taking more time to edit, et cetera, et cetera, or there weren't enough uh, interviews in, in lined up or scheduled, then at the very least I can always record a short uh, solo episode. I can start to do more of those in 2015. So that's my promise to you. And um, along with a, a bunch of other things that I've got planned, um, that's what I'm committing to this year. So the podcast, uh, the second thing that's actually uh, um, something that I've kept under wraps, but that uh, I'd like I'm going to announce here is that there's actually a book in the works. And what I've done is I've taken the content from the first, uh, I did the first 25 interviews just to, to have an even number to work with. And uh, I have a, a, a ebook coming out where I summarize a lot of the takeaways and I put them into categories and topics that are covered in the book. Um, I really like the way it came out. It's been, I've been in edit mode for the past uh, month, month and a half. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited. Um, I can't wait to get feedback on the book, to be quite honest. And uh, it's going to be a, a bit of a marketing push. So expect to hear more about that. Uh, the book is called Around the Podcast Campfire. So I think you'll enjoy it. And um, I really had fun actually going back um, and reading the transcription of the interviews and how they were pieced together and how there was some commonality, a lot of commonalities, in fact, with certain topics. And uh, I love to hear how different podcasters had different takes on it. So that's project number two. Project number three you've probably heard already is ProdConf. That's PRDCNF.com, short for Productivity Conference. It's going to be a one-day intensive where I've been able to uh, pull together some really fantastic speakers, Uh, Jordan Harbinger, Mike Vardy, um, Natalie Sisson. And uh, I'm just incredibly excited because uh, rather than it be just a conference on productivity tips, um, it's productivity as the overarching theme. And I'm putting really, really successful, um, top-notch speakers, um, business owners, entrepreneurs, um, and people who've been doing it for a while to talk about how productivity has been helpful for them in building their business and and how it's been helpful. Um, And so it's a really solid, solid lineup. And I really think there's going to be some really good takeaways for attendees. I hope you guys can make it. It's going to be in downtown L.A., on May 9th. So that's my recap of the year. Um, It's not really a resolution type um, recap where I tell you about all the, the, the thing, the 10 things I'm I'm, going to be working on this year. I mean, with the exception of the three that, that I just mentioned, it's more of just a reflection on my part of how um, 
the year has gone. And I think a lot of times we don't do that enough. I've mentioned before that it's it's hard to measure progress when you're looking, you know, back one day or one week. But it's really something when you can look back at a year's worth um, of effort and see what what's happened as a result of it and how it's turned out. And when I do that, um, obviously I, I see things that could have been better. But I think I'm just really excited about all the relationships that I've made, all the conversations that, I, that I've had, um, and everything that has come about as a result of the podcast, um, a podcast that didn't exist a year ago. It's just really fascinating. I'm really grateful for those of you that have uh, been along for the ride. I'm grateful for the new listeners that are going to come on board. I'm grateful for folks that uh, have sponsored the show. I'm grateful for people that have provided feedback, reviews, tweets, likes, loves, all that sort of good stuff, uh, comments in person, online. Uh, I love you guys as well. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited about the unique opportunity I have to do this. I'm, I'm really grateful. Um, I sort of have to remind myself of that every day. And um, I hope you guys enjoy what I have planned um, for this year. I hope you had uh, fun with everything we put together for you guys last year. And uh, I think um, on that note, I'll put a bow on this. And if you've got any thoughts about this episode, uh, hopefully it wasn't too rambling for you. And I hope uh, you got something out of it. But uh, it was a nice opportunity for me to just uh, reflect and to say thank you. Take care, guys. Bye.